The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Hey, 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 London Town and the whole globe international. This is Simon Tishko, this is Isotopica, and you are tuned to Resonance 104.4 FM. If ever an episode of Isotopica had a name, then today's title would be Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, or Dwarf Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. That notion of we're doing something, but we're doing something because so much has been done before. And I recently stumbled across an interview with Delia Derbyshire and heroine genius that she is. It didn't occur to me just how much my own work, my own sonic work, how much it owes to Delia Derbyshire, in fact, how familiar the sound of her work was compared to the sound of my own work and I think well what am I doing here am I just copying someone from the early 1960s this is have I taken postmodernism sampling and hero worship to illogical extremes but I want to explore that a little bit today and I'm going to do that as in a kind of um we're going to bathe in Delia. We're going to bathe in Delia's sounds and music. And we're going to try and contact Delia. We're going to have, uh, as we have faith healing on the show with um, Marina Sossi a couple of weeks back, today we're going to try and have a seance and we're going to go and try and contact Delia Derbyshire. And um, I've no idea how successful that would be. Um, as many of you will know, or at least I certainly know, I'm very much a nihilist and I believe that life is here, it's now, it's short, it's fairly brutal, there's some fun bits in between, but this is it, I don't believe in a life after death or a life before death or anything like that. It's here and it's now, but nevertheless, I'm going to try and contact a spirit guide that I've worked with many times in the past, note the paradox and perhaps a hypocrisy in my Approach. And um, we are going to try and speak with Delia Derbyshire and just contact this amazing woman. Now for um, those of you who don't know, I can't believe there's any resonance listeners out there that don't know who Delia Derbyshire was. Delia was trained as a mathematician and a classical composer and she went to work the BBC in the early 1960s where she was very much drawn to working at the BBC radiophonic workshop um, at the time a little understood small department at the BBC where they were inventing they were utterly changing the paradigm of music itself Delia Derbyshire is one of the people who invented techno she invented electronic music along with it is a very exciting time and along with all the people there but Delia is someone whose work again and again and again seems to rise to the surface there was a particular genius a certain something about Delia and her work you probably know her best more than anything else for the Doctor Who theme tune and we'll talk about that briefly with her if we manage to get through um, 
one of the things I was reading up doing a little bit of research about Delia and there's an, a notion she people considered that she had special gifts there was something um, strange and unusual about her she was uh, apparently had the ability to pick up a record and she could look and see exactly where the trombone came in and drop the needle on that now can you imagine if we had Delia in a nightclub now well personally you wouldn't get me in a nightclub screaming so I don't know why I should even think about that but she was something really special um due to the strange bureaucracy the inherent sexism and stratified nature of British society at the time and hey pretty much as it is now nothing much has changed but as at the time her work wasn't very much recognised and many of the interviews and discussions and things you hear with the Adelia, there's not that much recorded, tends to be terribly condescending as if this is terribly clever little girl making some clever sounds but I am humble in her presence and please enjoy today, I hope you do let's uh, take a step back let's think a little bit about the past let's think a little bit about where we are right now and very much in the vein of my oh so conceptual and philosophical art practice let's consider life itself shall we just what's it all for let's see if Delia has some answers shall we let's go into detail with Delia Derbyshire
now you're now you're back with us briefly. Do you do you know what year this is? Yes, since yes, 1968. No, that would be that would be lovely. But it's actually 2014. Time has passed. You're on Resonance. It's an art radio station, very much dedicated to the sort of work you started for us. <laughs> I'm tickled pink by it. It's charming, isn't it? Tell me, Delia, when you went to the BBC, I understand you took the job very much intending to break the rules. You knew that they didn't want music composers, but that was very much what you wanted to do, wasn't it? When the first went to it, it was music and and what? I was told that the BBC was not employing computers, and it was only by gradually infiltrating the system that I, I managed to do music. I think you'd call it music, wouldn't you? Oh my God, Delia, the work you made almost 50 years ago now is still resonating around the world today. Your music is held in higher regard and greater and greater acclaim all the time. Yes, that was music. Tell me, Delia, when you went to the BBC, I understand you took the job very much intending to break the rules. You knew that they didn't want music composers, but that was very much what you wanted to do, wasn't it? And I guess we can see um, a very early sign of your very individualistic spirit. In fact, this, um, this ability you have to go against the grain allowed you to more or less invent things like sampling and certainly you were groundbreaking with your use of electronics I did try to use electronic sounds wherever possible and I think some of the sounds in what you just heard were what I call objet trouvé they were cut out of other things after editing but if I was creating a sound how can I put it? I cut the front of the sound. And so that was the sort of thing that I was using in that piece. Um, although it wasn't meant as a piece of music, it was just together over a lunchtime. As well as sampling and um, creating sounds from absolutely nothing, I understand you even made your own electronics, like uh, reverbs and delays, and um, your own oscillators, like beautiful old analogue electronics. Tell me about that a bit. Indeed, we did have a bank of um, a dozen oscillators, but... um Yes, well, one couldn't use them all, all at once. The first producer of, of Doctor Who, Verity Lambert, she had in her mind um, les structures sonores. I don't know whether either of you are old enough to remember um, this group from Paris. It sounded, their music sounded really electronic, but in fact, they were all acoustic instruments. Verity Lambert could not possibly afford um, <laughs> Les Structures Sonores from Paris. And because the radiophonic workshop was a below-the-line cost, she came to the radiophonic workshop and the boss um, recommended Ron Grainer because he'd done something called Giants of Steam there earlier. 
Ron saw the original titles as usual, something like a black and white negative, and he took the timings and went away to his um, private beach in Portugal and wrote the score. And he, he came back with the score with sort of abstract things on, like wind clouds and sweeps and swoops and, um, oh, wind bubble, all sorts of beautiful descriptions, um, but with a carefully worked out rhythm um, and, yeah, it's very, very subtle the way he wrote the rhythm. And so I got to work and put it all together. It was a magic experience. It, it was because I, I, I couldn't see from the music how it was going to sound. And it was just Ron's brilliant oral imagination. One thing I've heard that it's really obvious from reading and listening to stuff about you that your work wasn't really appreciated and the the one of the great classics you created the doctor who theme tune has been dare i say it messed with by so many lesser talents is that correct i'd say that i think every time a new producer came or a new director came they wanted to tart up the title music and they wanted to put an extra two bars here, put some extra feedback on the high frequencies. They kept on tossing it up out of existence. I was really very shocked with what I, I had to do in the course of so-called duty. Much of your work was highly conceptual in nature. I mean, way, way, way beyond the limitations of theme and incidental music. And um, one piece that springs to mind is uh, Blue Veils and Golden Sands, which I understand was inspired by the nomadic and almost anarchic Tuareg people. Um, I understand that they had a money-free culture. And any chance you could tell us a bit about that? This was a documentary program about the Tuareg tribe. The Tuareg tribe are nomads in the Sahara Desert. And I think they live by bartering, um, taking salt, I think it was, across the desert. In the, the piece, the, the extract you're going to hear, I tried to convey the distance of the horizon and the heat haze. And then there's this very high, slow, reedy sound that indicates like the strand of camels seen at a distance wandering across the desert. That, in fact, was made from square waves on the valve uh, oscillators we just talked about. Um, but square waves put through every filter I could possibly find to take out all the bass frequencies and so one just hears the, the very high frequencies it has to be something out of this world Since you've died, Delia, your work really has risen again and again and again in the world's estimation. So much so that many, including myself, and I'm sure many of the listeners here on Resonance 104.4 FM, would consider you to be a genius. Uh, 
you and your anarchic disobedience, the breaking of all the rules, was very much an ingredient. Do you think this uh, going against the grain, heading in the other direction, do you think that's really you? Oh, you should see my last birthday card. <laughs> that's a lovely one from America with a whole shoal of fishes with their mouths turned down, fishes in silhouette, and, and one fish running, swimming the other way. <laughs> yes. Well, with a smile on his face and, and printed on the card was to an independent thinker. <laughs> Delia. Delia. Delia, are you there? Delia, is there a god? I understand you've actually made a piece for us today that... You've made some interviews, and I'm hoping you'll allow me to play that. Is there any way that we can transmit that from where you are right now? Something about the existence of God that you've actually discovered there really is no God. Is that right? We'd love to hear that. I'd like to believe in God. But I'm afraid I can't. I find that the whole conception of a divine being is really an easy way out for most people. The avoidance of personal responsibility, the passing of all decisions to somebody else. There's so many things within the idea of religion which are contradictory. And the basic morality of religion seems to leave much to be desired. Although I could bring myself to believe it intellectually, I, I, I somehow can't feel it emotionally. I can't see that it helps anyone. I think it's all superstition. I feel that I cannot look to any sublime being for guidance in my own life. I cannot believe that there is someone up there who has any kind of personal contact with me as a human being. As a good and honest atheist, yeah, I think the whole thing's nonsense. I can't imagine any reasonable way of thinking it possible, provable, or even reasonable. I think the whole thing's nonsense. That's superstition. Unacceptable. It's a bit ridiculous. Who's interested? Why is it wrong to question? Uh, it's like talking on the phone when it's, in, you know, there's no one at the other end of it to me. Who listens to them? It, it doesn't do anything for me. Who's interested? doesn't solve anything and it doesn't even make me feel any better. If there is a creator, someone who started the universe off, I'm sure he's not interested in people like us 
pray to someone because for me there isn't anyone there. God is our superstition, a social ritual for weak people who can't think for themselves. The idea of there being some sort of great-grandpappy up there looking down and looking after me um, seems to say the least of it a bit ridiculous. Can't believe in such a person. The contradictions are too great. The whole thing is... It's irrelevant to anything I could imagine. I can't accept the idea of a supreme being who takes any interest in anyone on earth. I feel that we're living in this world and it's the world that's going to help us. I don't think I feel any of the religious attitudes supposed at all. I don't really feel any life force flowing through everything, animating it and me making the universe meaningful. Now, I don't believe that you can pray and your prayers will be answered and your sins forgiven and so on. I don't believe God created a world at all. I think it's just a burnt out planet like all the rest. I don't believe in the Christian concept of a God. To me this is quite unacceptable. A social ritual. Avoidance of personal responsibility. I think the whole thing's nonsense. And yet, in a way, I envy the person who can pass this responsibility to an almighty being, because then they're not ultimately responsible for their own mistakes, their own human elements of greed or desire or envy, or any of the other things we all contend with in our daily life. It's in the world and in, the, in, the, uh, in worldly terms that one has to sort out one's life. It's impossible to pray to life or expect it to answer you. It doesn't solve anything and it doesn't even make me feel any better. Life is something which you are living all the time. It's something which you are living all the time. I would very much like to have a faith, to have the comfort of a religion, but I'm afraid I can't. The contradictions within religion are too great for me to accept. There's so many things within the idea of religion which are contradictory. I wish you could believe in God. I can see no good reason why I should. You're missing the thing that makes life most worth living. I believe you must believe. I'd say no good reason why I should. Because God is within you and is created, actually, by uh, yourself to a certain extent. Because it's a much more comforting state to be in. Because even people who deny him when they're in trouble or when they're facing death even, call on him. Because uh, he is someone that you can tell all your troubles to. Believing in God is the natural thing to do. He certainly will help you if you pray earnestly.
God is the ultimate truth in life. God is life eternal. God is goodness. God is life. God is love. God is love. God is all good. Everything good is God. You get double happiness from uh, belonging to him. And the person that can really say that I believe in God and, and have that faith is a very happy person. Blessedness is the highest thing a man can attain to. And the sooner you realize what you're missing, the better for you. can't believe in such a person. It, it doesn't do anything for me. I can't see that it helps anyone. I think it's all superstition. It doesn't s solve anything and it doesn't even make me feel any better. The whole thing is, it's, it's irrelevant to anything I could imagine. I'd like to believe in God. I think that you really must believe in something, but you're not uh, aware of it. And I think that uh, if you were com completely uh, unbelieving, you'd be very sterile. You'd be missing an extra dimension. You're separating yourself from life. Your life would be flat. You're not feeling part of it. It would be lacking in depth. Your contact with life would be dimensionless. You have no purpose in life. I think you're missing an awful lot. You wouldn't be missing anything because you wouldn't be aware of the possibility. Do you want to, to be in the kingdom of God? Or do you want to be left out amongst all the, as the Bible speaks of, dogs and sorcerers and warmongers and liars. Uh, you're losing a, a tremendous lot. A tremendous lot of help in this life to help you to live and to live for others. You'd lose such a lot of graces that you could have. How can you expect to make a success of your life if you deny or have nothing to do with God. I can't understand anybody not believing in God. One has to believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you really don't know what you are missing. I'm afraid I can't. Sometime or other, it must come back to you. It must come back to you. Believing in God is the natural thing to do because God is within you. He's inside everyone for um, everyone to find. He's in yourself. It's something inside you. Something which makes flowers grow and coordinates the heavens and keeps everything together and keeps everything going. It must come back to you in a certain time, at some time in your life, it must come back to you that there is a God. There must be a God. There is a God.
me, this is quite unacceptable. All the rituals and ceremonies that we go through, all this seems to me to be just for the comfort of man himself. I can understand that you can get some kind of comfort um, from it and even that maybe your prayers will be answered. For me, this is meaningless. It seems that we're looking upon this figure purely because we have lack of responsibility in our own aims and deeds and acts. And this seems to me impossible. It is one's own responsibility as to how one acts. The thought of the right things to do and the wrong things to do, without fear of being condemned to hell, or even being rewarded by going to heaven. To me, the actions and work of every day, the beauty of life itself, nature, trees, animals, is in a sense God, because that is the spirit of life. And yet that incorporates in itself the bad things, the sickness, the worms, the fungi, the mold on the trees. It's all part of life, and we accept life as it is, and live it as it is without any ultimate being being forced upon us. If you don't believe in God, then you don't know the comfort of prayer. A person without religion must be aimless and drifting. They miss such a lot, I think. They must miss everything in life. Or you might just will be dead. They are just miserable sinners and they cannot be happy. Your matches will be dead.
pursued by something. And I could feel that there was somebody behind. I was running and I was being chased. I'm running down the street, into a house, through the house. Down the stairs. Out the back. And I was being chased. Faster and faster. And I ran for all I was worth. My clothes were dragging me back. I was running away. I was running. And I ran. So I run along the corridor and I run up the stairs. I keep running up these stairs and round the corner. I sometimes run down the stairs into the corridor and I keep running and running and running. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. I couldn't get my breath to call out. I was running away. I was running very, very fast. Somehow I couldn't stop running. I was running and I fell over the mountain. There's a crocodile chasing me. I was running. There's a crocodile chasing me. I swear. 
swam as fast as I could to get away from the crocodile and the crocodile suddenly changed into a lion and then that changed into a tiger. The animals really, I suppose, don't mean to chase me but because I'm frightened and I run, they follow me up. So I run along the corridor and I run up the stairs. And uh, some great monstrous shape walks towards me in the corridor. And I run up the stairs. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. And I keep running and running and running. Running and running and running. Uh, up uh, a big slope. And my legs wouldn't go quick enough. I was running and I was being chased. There was somebody after me, chasing me. Uh, up uh, a big slope. Uh, up uh, a big slope. And I keep running and running and running. Running and running and running. I couldn't get my breath to call out. So I run along the corridor and I run up the stairs. And uh, some great monstrous shape walks towards me in the corridor. I'm running down the street, into a house, through the house, out the back, over the somebody. I never see anybody. I know there's somebody behind me, probably, but I'll never see them. It's neither a man or a woman. It's just enormous black shape. It's uh, just a mass, a mass of something, matter, coming towards me. A great, big, monstrous-looking mass, not a shape, just filling up the corridor. But it's neither a man or a woman. It's just enormous black shape in the corridor, filling up the corridor. It's a crocodile chasing me. I was running away. As I ran faster, I seemed to battle against it even more. My clothes were dragging me back. My clothes were dragging me back. I was running very, very fast. Somehow I couldn't stop running. I was running away. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. And I run up the stairs. The stairs are wide and stone. They're nasty stairs. Um, institutional stairs. I keep running up these stairs and round the corner. I can't go right to the top. I just hide round the second corner, uh, hoping no one will see me. And then if I hear somebody, I sometimes run down the stairs into the corridor and all the time this terrible fear that I'm only in my white liberty bodice, only in my liberty bodice. I'm being followed and pursued by something. I'm never quite sure what it is feeling of running down a staircase. I can still see the staircase, a very wide staircase in an old house. Big carved banisters. They go down in short flights. At the end of each flight, there's a large stained glass window and I run down the stairs faster and faster and the something which is following gets nearer and nearer and I don't know what it is I have the feeling that it's something which is about to envelop me in some way it's just this feeling of being followed and pursued I'm running down a corridor I'm being followed 
and pursued by something. I could feel that there was somebody behind and I was being chased. And I ran for all I was worth till I got to the edge of the cliff. And just as I was getting to the edge of the cliff, I couldn't remember anymore. I can see this corridor stretching into the distance. The perspective of it just fading into absolute nothingness. I couldn't remember anymore. I was running very, very fast. Somehow I couldn't stop running. Delia, 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 Delia,
Are you there? Are you there? or science fiction plays strange eerie music which I understand is not produced by ordinary musical instruments but electronically how is that done Miss Anne Macmillan Perth so to explain how these strange sounds come about we've gone to a most interesting department of the BBC their radiophonic workshop where for instance the title music of Doctor Who and many other special sounds and incidental music for sound and television plays are produced. And to explain how this is done, we have with us Miss Delia Derbyshire, a very versatile girl who has a good technical knowledge combined with a musical training and a sense of dramatic ability. So in this workshop, you can turn practically any sound into a form of music. Yes, if we take the Greenwich pips, for example, we can speed them up and slow them down and alter the quality and we can, by mixing various types together, make a little piece like this. Mm -hmm. 
arrangement and, and, and I can distinctly recognize the theme of it, the oranges and lemon themes. Uh, and I'd, I'd never expected to hear it with the Greenwich Pips as the instruments, as it were. Well, thank you very much for your explanations and for the very interesting things you've shown me while I've been in your workshop here. Hey, what are you doing to my voice, Mr. Abishler? I've turned you into a fish. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Listening to the radio, and this is Resonance 104.4 FM. You've been listening to Isotopia on the radio, and you can find details of what you have been listening to and what you may listen to in the future on my website, being www.theculture.net. Today was dedicated to Delia Derbyshire. I was a dwarf standing on the shoulder of giants.
This is Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Simon Tishko. I'm signing off for another seven days. See you later. This program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.